Welcome to the New England Taken to BKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out our website, newenglandtake.com, where we get all the back episodes, including videos from the show, all the podcast links. So if you want to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, please be sure to do that. Share, comment, like. Uh, it really helps spread word about the show. Definitely also check us out on Facebook, which is New England Take, uh, where we've been posting videos, and those videos are doing fantastic. So please be sure to check those out. Definitely also check out Revival, um, which I did an episode with three weeks ago, I want to say it was, with uh, Chef Corey Fletcher. They are finally reopening after a disaster of a year and a half, uh, recovering from COVID and then suffering a uh, severe water leak that just ruined his restaurant. So he's rebuilt, he's reopening, so be sure to check out that. I'll uh, try to remember to put that in the episode description in case you missed that. This segment is presented by the New Hampshire Insurance Department. Be sure to check out our interview with the New Hampshire Navigator Program later in the show. The New Hampshire Insurance Department is committed to protecting the public good by ensuring a safe and competitive insurance marketplace. So when things go wrong, the New Hampshire Insurance Department is here to help. If you feel like you've been treated unfairly or had a program using your insurance, contact the Consumer Services Division for assistance with your questions or complaints. You can contact them at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov. That's at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov or call 1-800. 852-3416. This is a free service offered to all New Hampshire residents. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Nick Wright, uh, someone who's uh, ha- has seen addiction and addiction treatment from many sides. I'm excited to discuss his journey and his latest ventures, which are certainly unique, and I'm, uh, I want to hear all about it for sure. Um, Nick, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, AJ. So let's start at the beginning, which it might be the bottom for you when when you decided to uh, become clean. I mean, where were you emotionally, physically seven years ago when you decided to start your journey into recovery? Uh, you had an amazing post on Facebook which outlined your a lot of this, and I, I really want to dive into it. Yeah, I'm really glad you uh, reached out to talk about this. Yeah, when I when I came, uh, I, I'm, I'm from New Jersey, and I went to college in Vermont, and then in Vermont is where my drinking and drugging got really bad. And, uh, that's why I ended up coming to New Hampshire because I went to a treatment center that was called Webster place. So that was seven years ago. And at that time, yeah, I was in a really rough, really rough emotional space and mental space. I was actually, before I got there, I came from a psych ward in, in uh, Brattleboro, Vermont. I mean, what, what was the, tr- the triggering point for deciding you needed to make this change? Yeah, it wasn't. I, I, I didn't want to make a change. I, I had already been to four psych wards. I'd already been to seven rehabs or six rehabs. And um, this was the seventh rehab. And the only reason I went into this rehab is because I couldn't pay my rent. I was going crazy. Um, I was estranged from my family. The floor that I uh, was, you know, the, the, play, the floor at the place I was living at was just all alcohol and sticky and uh ashes and you know it wasn't just it wasn't like a typical you know have a beer or maybe smoke a joint at night type thing it was you know blackout i just i was i was crazy man i i was at the point where i didn't know i couldn't see uh the truth at all i literally was like thought i was theon Greyjoy from game of thrones and i was gonna have a fate like that i, that, I was in my head was that gonna happen and all the people are gonna turn against me so yeah, I was like paranoid, schizophrenic, almost that type of energy. So, you know, I had enough consciousness to ask for help. So I called my parents who, like I said, I was estranged from, and they were willing to 
send me to a place, but I wasn't thinking, yeah, I'm going to change my entire life. Yeah. You, know, so you weren't thinking that. this is, this is going to be it. This is going to be the one. So exactly. So what made it be the one, what made this, this round finally click with you to make the change? I don't really know. I mean, it, I, I would like to say it's an act of providence, which is basically God giving you a, a gift. And uh, to me, that came in the form of a woman at the psych ward. I didn't believe in God at this point at all, by the way. Uh, pretty strong atheist um, for most of my life. But yeah, there was a woman at the psych ward and she just looked at me and was like, you know, Nick, you don't have to keep doing this. And when she said that, I don't know why it, it, it felt like God it was speaking. It, it was just some, some kind of click happened where it was like, oh, I don't have to keep doing this. And I started like listening to the counselors, listening to what they were telling me. You know, I started reading the big book of a Alcoholics Anonymous and that was really clicking with me. And um, that's when at that psych ward, you know, it was kind of a transition place. And I chose Webster Place in New Hampshire because they were really all about the 12 steps and not so much about medication and pharmaceutical treatments. So I was really like, at that point, I was still like, yeah, I'm into kind of the natural spiritual way. That's what I figured out at the psych ward. You know, I, that was what was, that was what was calling to me. Um, yeah. That spirituality of AA, how did that touch you with being an atheist at the time? Yeah. So let me just say this too. Like at, I, I was an atheist, but I started to have these like little peeks into God shots, God experiences at these other rehabs at times, but I would always go back to drugs. So I would kind of fall in and out of believing in something and, and not believing. Um, so yeah, when I reconnected with, I should say I reconnected with God after appear, another bout of atheism and, um, it felt, it just felt good. It felt like the warm, like I, I was an opiate user, you know, and I, uh, heroin but mainly um painkillers and i i described god as like the way better than any feeling i've ever felt on drugs with no negative repercussions it just felt like this warm embrace and um it only happened when i sincerely called out to it and was just like something please help me i'm broken and it's just like like this energy you know it, it was very tangible for me it was i'm a very like you know, any metaphysical or spiritual type stuff. I, I test it all. I test everything. My parents were, were doctors and my brother's a doctor. They're all scientific. I was, you know, AP student in calculus and biology and different studies and um, very studious intellectual type. So when spirituality came, the only reason I bought into it is because of the tangible experiences I had with it. So, so what did your family think of seeing you finally make this change like this? I mean, they didn't know if it was true or not, if it was going to yeah. stick, you know, they were happy that I wasn't on the streets, you know, and, uh, couch surfing and doing the stuff I was doing, you know? So they were just like stoked that I was in a place that was trying to help me and that I, I seemed to be talking, talking the talk again, at least, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make all these changes. I'm doing these AA, I'm reading the book. I'm meditating every day. I'm like doing all these things, but they didn't know if it was going to stick. I'd already been to, like I said, I've been to all these previous places and nothing sticked. So yeah. 
Yeah. So, so it was, it was just the right, right place at the right time. It, right time. It seems like it was like you were at that point in your life where it, it just, it just sunk in with you. Do you think it was, it had to do with age? I don't know. Much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't say that because, yeah. you know, it, it, knowing people in recovery happens at all, all ages, mm-hmm. you know, some people I, I know I have good friends that got sober at 15, got sober at 18. So yeah, definitely. It's more common to get sober later age. There's definitely less people that get sober younger. So we could definitely say that it's true, but yeah, it was just my time. You know, it's just my time. I was ready. Now before we, you, you became disillusioned with AA later. So we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that a bit for sure. But I mean, when you're in it, what, what was that? Was it very helpful having that community in those regular meetings? Did that help you? Yes, it did. Yeah. I would say, you know, what I've learned is like, there's three things in AA that are universal principles that are helpful for anyone trying to recover from addiction. And those three things would be number one, fellowship, community, you know, people around you that are going through the same thing that you can talk to. That's number one. Number two would be some type of psychological or spiritual program, some type of work. You know, that's what the steps are. It's like, Hey, let's work on our anger. Let's work on our fear. Let's, let's, um, find more trust in the universe. Let's like allow things to flow rather than get attached to outcomes. And, um, let's connect to something bigger, like higher than ourselves, so to speak. And, um, to me, all of this can be boiled as psychology. It works psychologically if you just want to think of it that way. But I think there's, I think there's actual spiritual power in prayer and stuff like that too. But either way, there's something very important about having a group of people that have a a single purpose, whether it's to stay clean, whether it's to uh, worship God or anything of that nature, and including a lot of the more like yoga and stuff like that. It's it's all very much that same kind of mentality. It's very important to do it in a group in a lot of situations. Yes, absolutely. And then the third thing would be service, trying to help other people, having some kind of purpose, you know. So if I want to sum that up, I'd say community purpose and program of recovery. Now, when did you start to think that maybe you needed to move past AA? Yeah, that started happening about five years into my sobriety. I just felt like, you know, I'd found like a lot of solace, a lot of power in the 12 steps and a lot of really great friends. But there became a point where I started like realizing for me, I needed different, I needed more to, to heal. And like, for example, that was diet. You know, I really found for me, like I tried a lot of different diets and I found for me like plant-based was really helping me the most. And, you know, I would start to bring this stuff up and it was not really, not something that was really talked about or, or really important. You know, that's not wrong. Crowd. AA, <laughs> wrong crowd. Yeah. AA has its own book. It has its own belief system basically, you know, and, that would be considered like an outside issue. So um, yeah. And even like talking about AA, talking about myself in it, that could, some people might get mad at me for doing that. Like, Oh, it's an anonymous program. You shouldn't be doing that. You're breaking the tenants. And I just like, I, I don't like that. There's a really great documentary called anonymous people that really highlights like why we need to be talking about this, why this needs to be, why we need to be out in the open. And I think it was a different time in, in the thirties and forties when that was created, you know, and it, you really it was very shameful, you know, and you kind of did have to hide it and be anonymous. And it's like, in this day and age, I don't think it's that way. I think people have a lot more empathy, a lot more understanding and compassion for people 
in recovery, you know, and I think that I think we're all in recovery. I think we all have addictions, all of us. That's what I, that's what I started to learn too. It's like, wait a second. Like this group is making me feel like I'm the addict. I'm the alcoholic. And like, I have the problem for life. Everybody else is a normie. That's what we would call them. And it's like, no, that guy has an, that guy has food addiction. That guy has porn addiction. That guy has like, I had all these other addictions. So I'm saying I, I, I healed, like worked with food, worked with sex, worked with porn, like healed all that stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of people that I was talking with weren't, weren't working on that and that's totally fine, you know? Um, but for me, that's, I wanted to be surrounded by more open mind, you know, and, and there's a lot of ways to do recovery. You know, that's, here's the other thing. Like I started working at a treatment center called avenues and I was the group facilitator and a lot of people didn't want to do AA and AA was all I knew to talk to them. And it was all the language I knew. So I started learning like, okay, not everyone wants to talk about God. Not everyone wants to, you know, do the 12 steps. Not everyone wants to be in this anonymous program with this kind of vibe. And, and, and I started to learn, like going back to being scholarly and academic, I started to study, like, what are all the systems? And that's when I came up with like, oh, these three things are universal in all these methods of healing. And it's like, you don't actually need just AA. And some people have this belief that's like AA or you you die, you know. And yeah. I mean, they should not, be in general just life, just general life things that you you should do in general, like service, like having a purpose, like um, like the places I work in, for my employment. I'm very, I feel very fortunate that they aren't necessarily just about me. They're, they're for another purpose. Like this show, I get to talk to different people and get messages out like what you're doing or uh, whether it's an edu- higher education, which is my full-time job. Like I'm, it's not about me necessarily. I try to make it about me because I do podcasts and stuff, but it's more, it's more about helping other people. Yes, absolutely. Universal for humans, you yes. know? Yeah. Now, what was it like working in, how did the treatment center take this thinking? Did, did they appreciate it? No, they supported it. They, yeah. they were, see, this is where I got in touch with like therapists and addiction counselors, people who kind of studied addiction um, and knew the sciences and, and the, the therapy route and stuff. And they had that perspective that I learned from them. Cause I was just like, no, I'm just like in recovery. I actually lived it. And like, I know how to help people from that point of view. Like, and I did the 12 steps and that's what works. And it's like, that was the limited point of view I was coming from. And I started to be like, Oh, wait a second. These people have been studying addiction and it's true. Like they didn't live it. So I do have a special way to connect with people that they're like, Oh, you actually been there, but I didn't, it doesn't mean that people that study it and want to help, they can help too. And they know things I didn't know. So I had to swallow my pride and, realize there was a lot more to learn yeah and part of it that always stands out to me about aa that could be a positive and negative depending on the person uh is the the nature of coming up in front of the group to tell stories about how you're doing or your experiences that a it sounds horrifying to me (laughs) to, to, to to consider doing something like that but B, it just doesn't work for a lot of people and there's a doug stanhope has an amazing stand up about about this where it turn a lot of people that becomes their new addiction is telling stories up there in front of the group instead of figuring out what's the root cause of the addiction in general i think that's true yeah all right we're, we're gonna take a quick break 
We'll be right back after this. We're going to continue with Nick Wright. You're listening to the New England Take, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kirsten. Be sure to get the back episodes of the show at thenewenglandtake.com. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to New England Take, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kirsted. This segment is presented by the New Hampshire Insurance Department. The New Hampshire Insurance Department is committed to protecting the public good by ensuring a safe and competitive insurance marketplace. So when things go wrong, the New Hampshire Insurance Department is here to help. If you feel you've been treated unfairly or have a problem using your insurance, contact the Consumer Services Division for assistance with your questions or complaints at, con- at consumerservices at ins.nh.gov. That's at consumerservices.nh.gov. Services at ins.nh.gov or call 1-800-852-3416. This is a free service offered to all New Hampshire residents. I am still joined here by Nick Wright. Previous segment, we talked about his path to recovery, his experience in AA, and is starting to branch out and experience other things. Um, something you, you brought up that was very important to you was uh, the, the plant-based life and all the various things around that, diets, um, could, let's start diving into that. Can you, can you kick that off a bit? Yeah, absolutely. And let me just start by saying too, like, I just want to finish what I'm saying about AA. Mm-hmm. And this is what I wrote in my post was like, you can heal completely and have a fantastic life doing AA. And I'm not saying that you can't, you know, and a lot of my friends are, are still in AA and that that's part of their, their life. And, and for me, it's just like, it's not anymore. And like, I don't and, believe and it's their community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I hope to be, and I'm still part of community with certain friends that are in AA. They understand what I'm doing. I understand what they're doing. We still have mutual respect, even though we may have different difference of opinion. And that's that's the most important thing. So this this is my opinion. <laughs> oh yeah, know, and, and exactly. And it's so, you know, because sometimes I get the hate. Like I got some hate on that post from people that were in AA that didn't like what I wrote. You know, and they like he didn't. He must have not done the steps and or that's a dangerous message. You're going to die. Like people wrote that on my wall. You can go look at it. And this is part of the reason I, you know, this is the kind of stuff that wasn't really vibing with me, you know, at the same time, I met three of my best friends in AA that are, that are my best friends now that will probably be some of my best friends for life. You know, I, you know, I got, I got clean and I got, I got healthy in AA, I should say, you know, I got a real purpose for you. I mean, there's no serious purpose. Exactly. And now for me, it's like, now I have, more to share, you know, and I have my yeah. own, my own philosophies I want to share. So, yeah. Yeah. Start, start so yeah. getting into those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, I think diet is really key. Um, for me, that's like raw fruits and vegetables, you know, nuts and seeds and, uh, plant-based, you know, that, that's really, that's where I started feeling a lot of emotions clearing up eating that way. Especially if you have any underlying um, mental health issues, clearing up your diet, eating properly, eating properly on a consistent basis, not just for a couple of weeks and some random diet really has considerable effects that that are positive. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what what specifically is, is it basically you go went down the raw food route primarily or is it a mix? Yeah. 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 So I, I did a bunch of different diets. I tried paleo, I tried keto, you know, I tried different things. I, I did experience benefit from them, but it wasn't until I went plant-based that I really started to feel a different, different emotions inside me. And there's a lot of science to this. There's the movie game changers that talks about that. And there's a lot of different things. There's counter counter arguments to all this too, of course. But for me, it comes down to spirituality. 
it comes down to vibration. And for me, there's a, there's a vibration of eating meat. You know, there's like a density, there's like a, a suffering, a killing, a fear, and just an energy that, um, I found when I stopped eating that way, I just felt lighter. I felt happier. I felt better. And, um, that was just like eating regular vegan. And then when I discovered raw foods, that's when it took a whole another level. I did a, I did a juice fast, a 40 day juice fast, <laughs> only oh. juices for 40 days. Yeah, that was, in, that was intense. And there was a lot of gunk that got cleared out of my body and I had felt the best I'd ever felt in my life, um, doing that. And you know, that's, and then after that, I really started eating the fruits and vegetables primarily, you know, really a lot of fruit and, uh, people think fruit has sugar, you can't eat fruit, like only eat one apple a day, but I disagree completely with that. I think we're, we're frugivores by nature. Yeah. Um, people tend to with, with fruit, they, they, they forget the fact that you just need to eat the fruit part. <laughs> you can't just, if you're just drinking the juice, you're not getting any of the five, your body is not made to do anything with that. You can listen to any nu- nutritionist. They'll tell you that. Yes. Yeah. My only um, caveat with that is like the juice is really amazing because it doesn't have the fiber for intervention protocols because mm-hmm. it can, with, because we're not absorbing the fiber. Right. Because because we're eating these other foods, our body creates mucus to protect the intestinal lining from these foods that are not designed for our body. And then we have 15 pounds of crap, 15 meals stuck in our intestines. And I found that out through this juice fast. And when you have the juice, you can get a, a big dose of nutrition, especially when you're fruits and vegetables, and it will absorb no matter how the state of your intestinal system is. Um, but then it's not, it's not like for me, juice is not a diet to live on. It, it's a, it's, it's a, a balance. Intervention. <laughs> Just yeah, like we talked so, about previously. Exactly, well, all this exact, is about balance. Exactly. So it's like, I like to juice at least once a day. I still have a juice a day, but then it's like, I eat my, I eat my fruit. I eat my smoothies. I eat my salads, you know, and now I, I incorporate cooked, cooked vegan meals as well. Mm-hmm. Cooked food. Yeah, and I see you and I guess corner I'm, over at Kohl's all the time. Exactly. I love Kohl's. Uh, I just went to this place in Portsmouth called, I think fresh, uh, fresh city, but yeah, I like, I like to eat a cooked meal at dinner. That's really what I've been doing. And, um, so I think it's a balance, you know, that's why I, I like to call it vibrational nutrition. I don't think it's bad if you want to eat meat, if you want to eat these different things, but you know, just know that, um, when you incorporate more high vibrational foods, that's going to be fruits and vegetables. They have the living enzymes, the biophotons, um, you know, the stuff that really makes you feel vital and alive, more of that, just you're going to feel better, you know? And um, so if anyone wants is like interested in this and resonates with this, how do I get started? Well, I would say get a juicer and start juicing four apples, one cucumber, two inches of ginger and a lemon for breakfast, you know, and then maybe have like a smoothie for lunch and then eat whatever you want for dinner. You know, just that alone would change your life. If you just did the juice, that would change your life. So yeah, if you're not um, waking up in the morning, eating a donut and then heading over to grab a sandwich at the corner store for lunch and then you then you have a big heavy dinner, you're going to feel it's I, I'm obviously straightforward, going to be very uh, skeptical of the what I will respectfully call woo woo side of what of some of the stuff you're saying, the, the vibrational stuff. But either way, for even from my end, from the more what I would consider the more nutrition side of it. Uh, which is certainly not my specialty, but either way, you will feel immensely better uh, going to this. And, and it's you're just going to 
you're not gonna be tired all day. You're not, it's, uh, I think it's very important to eat, to do like a 80, 20, eat good 80% of the time, 20% of the time you can throw some other stuff in there. Absolutely. Yeah. And if people like think it's woo woo and they want to hear the science, like read a book called mastering diabetes. This is a New York times bestseller written by two PhD doctors that eat basically the fruit-based diet. They also eat legumes, they're plant-based and they, 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 they both were had diabetes and um, they reversed it by eating this way. And it's all about how fruit is completely safe. And um, there's another book called the detox miracle source book um, by Robert Morse, which goes really deep into the science as well. And then of course we have the medical medium who is more of a, you know, spiritual talks about in a spiritual way, but he's made a huge impact and his books are very famous as well. He's kind of the one who made the celery juice a big trend, but he, he also brings in science as well. You, you've started diving into some other forays into, I, I don't, I would traditionally call it new age, but what, what would you call some of the stuff that you've been getting into? Yeah. New age. I don't see, I don't really think of myself as new age because I think it feels like a really old term to use in 2021. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a still a real term. I just think that new age is a lot about like, it's kind of like takes God out of the picture and it mm-hmm. makes you God. It's like, everything is God and I'm God. Yeah. And I don't believe in that. I think that it's more like we're, I'm a soul on my, you know, my soul and I can connect to God and I have free will. I can choose what I want, but I can connect to something that's bigger than me. Because when I start to think that I'm God, that, um, doesn't work for me, you know, and new age isn't really, it's just like an overarching term to describe like spirituality that is not a mainstream religion. And, you know, but it, it does have an origin in history, which is the, the theosophists, Matt, Madame Blavatsky, um, back in like, I don't totally know the year, years. I think it's like 1800s. Um, Rudolf Steiner, this is where we have like the Waldorf schools, this kind of thought that that was new age is kind of like Hinduism. Madame Blavatsky studied these kind of things and brought that over to the West. And it's like, New Age is kind of like westernized Hinduism, extracted principles from Hinduism, but um, dumped into atheism. <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which drives me nuts. For I like, I'm Christian. Like, like that. Okay. Like, I, I really respect your take on it personally a lot more than than the people that take that way. I think you should feel like there's a force greater than you out there. I think that has true value to how you live your life and respecting your community. And the, there is value in community and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I kind of, I definitely have more of the Christian idea of God in terms of there is a God that I, that's bigger than me, you know, that I can connect to rather than like maybe more of a Buddhist idea, which is like, there is no God and the pinnacle of spiritual existence is meditation, which for me, it's, you know, meditation is a spiritual tool, something I can use and whoops, something that I do use, but I don't believe that that state is like, I still, there's, there's God for me, you know, there, there's a God that's just, yeah. I love and, God. And, and tool, <laughs> and, yeah. And things like meditation and the tools of like yoga and stuff like that are really important regardless of your spiritual journey. It's like, it should be something you consider doing, whether it's just some quiet time or if it is going to a group, a class or something like that. Exactly. And I just like try to separate. I always try to set, I mean, I love the traditions and stuff and studying them 
where they come from. But for me, it's like, there's science. It's just, there's just positions stretching uh, like downward dog. It's just a position like yoga and Hinduism doesn't own like, go, you know, putting your body in the position of downward facing dog. They don't own it, you know? And I think there's just universal truth. And I think that all the religions, you know, they have a piece of that truth. And for me, I, I've, I've put together what I think I just test things, you know, and uh, that's what I teach. All right, we're going to take one more break here. You're listening to New England Taken to BKXL 1450 AM, 13.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out the newenglandtake.com where we got links to if you want to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, please be sure to like and comment those. Um, when you do stuff like that, it really helps uh, the algorithm like the show and uh, do that in all your favorite shows because it really does help. Also, check us out on Facebook, New England Take, where I post videos and separate out all the different guests that I have on the show as podcasts. Last week, we had um, Ken Kale talking about his getting into radio. We discuss we had an, an interview with the New Hampshire Insurance Department, and there's there's a ton more. Uh, so please be sure to check out the New England Take.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the New England Take and WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out the newenglandtake.com. Today, I'm continuing my conversation with Nick Wright, where we've had a great conversation. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Absolutely, man. This is awesome. So you've begun to branch out into doing some classes and such. So can you talk about what you've been, what you've been working on? Yeah, so I'm really into um, astrology. And, uh, that's what I've been teaching. It's, it's, um, I teach the elements. So fire, earth, air, water, ether. And what do I mean by that? So I believe that each of them has a divine quality. And when we tap into the divine quality of each of the elements, we can experience God. So for fire, the divine quality would be purpose when we feel connected to our purpose. Um, and that could just be living life to the fullest. That could be helping others. That's, that's purpose. Um, that's when you feel fire, you feel lit up to live your life. You feel like you have energy. Fire represents energy, your life force, your chi, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's what it represents. And then water, we have emotions and the highest, um, the divine quality, the divine quality for water is love. And when we feel, um, we can tune into divine love, you know, and when we're going, when we have different emotions that we're going through, we can call upon that and, and start healing. And then we have air and air represents the mind and the divine quality of that would be truth. When we get connected to truth and we, we feel a certain way, like, our, and that might just be our personal truth. I don't believe we can necessarily know the highest truth, the divine truth, God's truth, but we can, um, we can aim towards that as an ideal. We can be committed to the truth and, you know, allowing ourselves to change when we're, when we're wrong, we can question things. And then um, earth would be manifestation. So that's basically what's manifesting in your reality. What synchronicities are you seeing? What's manifesting in your body? What's it telling you? And, uh, you know, also just creating the reality that you want to see, you know, making your, 
house beautiful, building your dream, making things real. Earth represents the body. It represents the physical reality. And then ether would be the field. And this has to do with quantum physics and the quantum field that they're now talking about. Greg Braden um, has a really great book called The Divine Matrix. And this talks about um, this field that exists that, you know, they have quantum physics. They've done the, the experiment, the twin photon experiment to show that consciousness has an effect on reality. And we can't just operate from Newtonian physics anymore. And, and things are not just A plus B plus C. Things are, you know, A times B times C. And, you know, they're, it's quantum. It's not. Uh... So that's the field. That's what we tune into. That's like where it's like, that's where I, how I believe prayer. Like you can actually understand prayer from that point. Like, like, please, God, please help me. And it's heard, you know, or you can even, you can contact other people or people there's thing, you know, that's why it's like, Oh, I'm thinking of this person. And then they, you know, you think of them and that's how this, that's how it works. And quantum, they show it quantum entanglement, you know, particles that interact, they just like interact forever in a, in a, in a field. And, um, that stuff's super interesting. So I don't, I'm not a quantum physicist. I watch the quantum physicist, but I break it. I'm a spiritual teacher. So I just make it simple. It's ether. It's the field. And the divine principle is unity. It connects us all. How so those you, are the five. How, yeah. yeah. How did you become awakened to, to these beliefs? I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was actually all a download. Um, <laughs> that, that was a download. I, I was in the shower and it was just like, boom. And I just got lit up and I was like, Oh, because astrology can be very limiting and the elements can be very limiting. It's like, Oh, well I'm a Gemini. So I'm two faced or I'm a Scorpio and I'm, um, jealous. And it's like, that's when I realized it's like, that's not these astrology things are not good or evil or bad, or they're just like types of their archetypes, which is like their types of energy. So Gemini is just communication. Scorpio is just intimacy. Aries is just courage and and it's the ego, there's an ego distortion for each of these elements and these, and these signs that, um, so we see things as less than divine. So for example, you know, fire gives us purpose and, and, and um, fulfills, fulfilling our desires and things that are positive and um, things that we're passionate about. But then, you know, the distortion is control. We're using our power to control others, you know, or for water, it's love, right? That's the divine quality. But then that turned when it's not connected to divine and it's connected to ego, which means like separate from God, then it becomes attachment. It's like, I, I am attached to this person. I'm attached to this, this drug. I'm attached to this experience. I need to have a certain outcome. Um, codependency you know fire can be more of like narcissism and and water can be more of codependency when it's divorced from that connection with god and uh so yeah all these ideas i'm really excited to just get these ideas out i'm writing a book about them i'm working with i've coaching clients that i work with that i that i teach this with because i've been just doing astrology charts for a while and um I've been using astrology as like, Hey, like this is kind of qualities that you're born with that you connect with. And, and I don't say like, this is what you are. I say like, Hey, this is like what this means. Do you connect with that? People tell me. And if they tell me it doesn't, then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Let's work with that. So when I coach people, I don't say, I know you it's, I just say, Hey, this is like what these symbols have connected with other people. So it's a tool. 
And then it's like, how do we work on to um, the highest caliber of each of these symbols? Yeah, archetypes are very important. Uh, people underestimate the important or how prevalent <laughs> archetypes are in various thinking and how they can be very helpful to figure out how you want to live your life or achieve it. I mean, you have the archetype, like in Judeo-Christian background, you have the archetype, like the, the perfect man is Jesus, obviously. But then there's the traitor, but the traitor in Judas who wasn't perfect. He, he loved God still, is, but he, he made a terrible mistake. I mean, there's the, the person that still believes it, but is a traitor. Like these archetypes are important to figure out. I don't really want to be this. I want to be this. I should try and value these sorts of things that this person um, lived or, or, or felt was the way you should live. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, so do you feel, do you have any, uh, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk about how any of your clients, what, how they've taken some of the information you've given them. It's been really awesome. Yeah. I've really enjoyed working with clients. I, I've been working and helping people for a long time and being able to use astrology as a tool just to, to invoke these archetypes and get people to understand these different energies that they can tap into has been really helpful. Now, what other, have you been uh, working with other people on any of this? Um, what do you mean? Like other, other collaborators? Groups, other, yeah, or, other collaborators. I'm kind of doing it by myself. I mean, I have people that I work with in my business that help people that have me with my website, social media, different stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just me and, and, and I have, uh, I'm solo, solo entrepreneur and I work with uh, coaching clients. Love it. <laughs> yeah yeah we work out we work on those five areas so it's like yeah. for earth it's like what's your how's your health let's get your health in order let's get you feeling vibrant fire let's connect to your purpose what's your big dream what's your vision water let's process those traumas process those emotions um air let's expand your knowledge expand your consciousness get closer to the truth and ether your connection with god now now i love using the um the kindergarten technique of if you have a magic wand what would you like to do <laughs> in, I right. mean, in five years another five years like you've been seven years sober in another seven years do you have any idea where you would like to be at that point and i'll also say the wand was a symbol in the tarot that represents fire because of that reason actually great um <laughs> but uh not, I'm not super into tarot, but there's some cool, some cool, there's a lot, it's a lot of archetype stuff there too. It's, they oh, yeah. all represent archetypes and it's a hero's journey, actually, the 22 cards. Um, but anyway, what was the, what was the question you asked me? <laughs> Where do you want to be in seven years? In another seven? Well, I want to, I want to, I want to develop my own form of astrology that will be super empowering. My business is called Cosmic Empowerment. Um, so I already have it and I'm already doing it and working with people, but I'd like to have it you know, more solidified. I'd like to have the books. I'd like to have the whole philosophy and, you know, I want all that. I am going to take my time with it because I'm also a mu musician, AJ. That's my other passion. So at nighttime, I'm usually working on my music and I'd like to be able to coach, you know, coach a client a day and, um, do music and create art the rest of the time. Yeah, so you're still going under etheric for that? It's like I, I, we originally met through Granite State of Mind, which is the show show I produced here on KXL previously, uh, and I filmed a couple of videos for for Nick here under uh, under the name Etherics. I mean, is that the what you're still going with? That's what I'm going with. And now that you've heard these elements, ether. So ether is this quantum field, etheric, 
lyric ether. So it's, it's the channeling the lyrics from the divine field. You know, that's what it really means. Yeah. It, it, now, now, now the mystery has been unveiled. Yes. Now I understand. It's taken yeah. me five years. I finally got it. <laughs> <laughs> you're early at the at Grand, uh, Grand State of Mind on KXL. You're like in the second year or something like that, I think, too. I'm like, we're going to bring a rapper into the studio. I'm like, okay, it's not a five-piece band. I guess I can figure it out. You crushed it. That video was really cool. And you, you have a lot of talents with the photography and the videography. <laughs> so I really appreciated that video. <laughs> yeah. So how, how's the rap and the things going lately? It's going really well. I'm just, I've been like really just training my voice, learning how to sing more, writing more lyrics. And, you know, I want to release, if I release another album, I really want it to be a big improvement from my last one. And I don't think it's, it's not worth it for me to just releasing the same type of albums over and over again. So I'm really taking my time and getting it recorded correctly and making sure it's something I can be really proud of. And I'm really proud of my previous efforts as well, but it's all part of the journey. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I got a lot of, a lot of new music cooking up and, um, we have a big show this summer in August, um, at market days. And we're playing, uh, I think Thursday night at six thirty PM in August. And, uh, I don't know the exact date off, off the top of my head, but, you know, I'll be posting about that on my page, um, cosmic empowerment by etheric or Nick Wright on Facebook. And, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, excited to, to do these shows with the new, the new songs and to get some of these recordings out as well. Get the world back opened up for, for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so give, give the big plugs here. Where can people check out uh, Cosmic Empowerment? And one more time for Etheric for people that want to check out your music. Absolutely. So my website is CosmicEmpowerment.com. Instagram, which is where I'm the most active on social media, that would be Cosmic underscore Empowerment underscore by underscore Etheric. And if you just type in cosmic empowerment, it probably will come up. Yeah. Etheric is E-T-H-Y-R-I-C. It's the ether and lyric put together on Facebook. Um, Nick Wright. Type in Nick Wright Etheric or Nick Wright Cosmic Empowerment. And you can just, connect. Just with, do a connect, damn search yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can connect, connect with me there. And, you know, I have, I have a lot of content. I, I put out a, a video that was I'm pretty proud of about my addiction story. More when I was still in AA, but it's, it's kind of chronicling that it was a, something I did as a TEDx talk and uh, got spread around a lot. And a lot of people said that, that, that it helped them. So that's something I'm really, really proud of. I have a song I did with Senny Hunt. That's my latest single called Healing Water. I'm really proud of that track that can be found on Spotify. Yeah, there's a, there's a new song I've been working on for the past six months with uh, Broadwing. Dave Swillam has a podcast called Waking Up. Yep, he, him and I have a song coming out. That's the next song that will be out. And then I'm working on a song with Abby Rose, Roses from Ruins, called Miles. That's what we've been in the studio. And then Bobby, Etheric and B-Snare, my partner B-Snare, who's the man and a really good friend and collaborator. We are going to start recording next Thursday. Great. I love seeing all these New Hampshire musicians I've met over the years working together. And especially now that things are opening back up, everyone can start meeting without worrying whether they're going to get the coronavirus or anything. So that's great. Thank you so much for joining me, Nick. Uh, I really appreciate it. Everyone, please be sure. Have an open mind. Think about these different things. Uh, if you're if you're dealing with addictions of any sort, reach out to someone. Um, it doesn't have to be an addiction specialist. Reach out to a friend. Talk to someone. Um, it's very important. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, AJ. 
You're listening to New England Taking to be KXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kirsted. Be sure to check out the newenglandtake.com. Thank you so much.